Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is John Hitler. He's a transformational business coach and author of One in a Billion, Finding Your Genius Talent, Motivation Trap, and he's also a TEDx speaker. John, welcome to our show. Thank you. Glad to be here. So I love the title of your book. It's called The Motivation Trap. And I love if those of you have, who are interested in an amazing book cover, you should definitely check out John's LinkedIn profile, The Motivation Trap. It's a, it's a great cover because like, it seems so simple, but I see all these covers that look like crap, frankly. Like even like, like let's say Tim Ferriss, right? He's a very well-known guy, but his books don't look very appealing, usually because they probably hired some staff at some publishing company, whereas you... You have a great cover design, so kudos to you because marketing is so important. Now, talk to us about this motivation trap. Sure. So that uh, was published a couple of years ago. Essentially, what I ran into, my clients are all CEOs. They would, in listing their, their challenges, one of them was a lot, was, gosh, I can't seem to keep my people motivated on a daily basis. And I just wanted to puke on their shoes because I'm <laughs> thinking, wait a minute. These are people you're paying $200,000 a year to show up and do professional work. Why are you having to motivate them? <laughs> that makes no sense. If you're wasting your time motivating them every day, it's, uh, it'd be like trying to motivate your kid to do their homework every day. By yeah. about the second week of school, you'd say, I, I got nothing left. I, I've bribed them. I've punished them. I've taken away. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible recipe for leadership. And so I wrote, um, I wrote the book essentially offering an energetic and powerful way to lead without the use of motivation because so many are using motivation and it, and it just wears them out. Interesting. 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 Now, did you come across this concept yourself or I mean, you talked to these CEOs, but did you already have that inkling before you met them or you really saw the challenge when you actually were talking to these CEOs? Well, I have seven kids, so I had it, I had it in my house. And we had a rule in our house, if you don't want to do your homework, it's okay with me. And what I would do is at, at the beginning of the year, and the school knew and the schools knew us, I'd say, if, if there's a punishment or a penalty, and usually it was something as simple as you can't go out on the playground if you don't do your homework, you stay in and do your homework, I'd say, knock yourself out. So if my kid chose not to do their homework, I'd say, let the school handle it. <laughs> there are consequences in life. Why should I be the bad guy? And... Why should I limit you the learning of, you know, trial and error? You should try it. Try it sometime. Don't do your, don't do your math homework and show up at school tomorrow. And when, when you say, oh, my God, I can't play in the soccer game or the basketball game or whatever they're doing in the playground, you'll figure it out. Or you'll not. You can stay in every day from the playground if you want. Um, Interesting. So does that so work? Why, why would I take CEOs? that on on a daily basis? <laughs> well, when you work with these CEOs, I mean, does that work? I mean, what, what's, what kind of things do you share with them? I mean, if you're talking about how to motivate someone. I mean, frankly, you are in the Silicon Valley area. So for the listeners that are out there, you know, $200,000 for most people are a lot of money. We're in the Bay Area. The cost of living is so high that it might not seem like a lot. And also, again, you are in like the, the mecca of tech. So just so our listeners know that that might seem high for the vast majority of people all around the world. But in where you live, it's not so much. So just to kind of give context a, now. Yeah, it's an engineer's salary is what it is. Yeah. So it, it somewhere else in the, in the U.S. it would be 125 Somebody up where, you know, in India it would be significantly less or Russia or something. But yeah, yeah. in Silicon yeah. Valley, it's, it's essentially, if you will, a rank and file engineer. 
Yeah. So do you feel that your advice is pertinent for anyone around the country or the world? Because again, since you work with these more tech entrepreneurs, they really are a different skill set and a different subculture. So, you know, I get that question a lot. I'll, I'll answer a little bit with a, uh, I'll call it a pop quiz. And Kevin, I'll just do it with you. What's the only Christopher. Christopher. Sorry, Christopher. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, Christopher. Um, the only difference, what's the only difference between a fourth grader and an adult? I don't know. You tell me. You're the transformational business coach. Height. And, and everyone, when I as you say that, people kind of chuckle a little bit, but I say, how many meetings have you been in with a senior VP of fill in the blank who's pouting, demonstrating, quitting, um, basically ask, uh, acting like a 10-year-old? And you say, God, it happens every day at our company. And you say, right, because emotionally we're the same. So motivation works the same for an engineer in a high-tech firm in Silicon Valley as it does with a fourth grade classroom trying to get people to, do, to either eat their vegetables for fourth graders or to do their homework. It's not a whole lot different. As soon as you engage in that equation as the CEO, you've lost. Because now you're, you're, tell, you're making a tacit contract that every day that you don't feel like doing your work, I will prop you up. I'll either bring in lunch if you do a good job or we'll have happy hour on Friday if you get the project. And you go, wait a minute, why am I buying people beers for doing their work? No. Nah. We should absolutely acknowledge each other and, and do all that, but I shouldn't have to bribe them to do that. It, it makes no sense. But that happens. Like, like when I spoke it at Google, for instance, literally, you have a valet parking, you have lounge and you have a haircut, you have food. I mean, and that's Google, right? But Facebook does the same, LinkedIn does a lot of similar things. So I'm just curious, yeah. how do you motivate these people? Like you talk about this motivation trap, you know? I mean, give us some yeah, so examples I that you don't have to share names of companies because you know yep. you mentioned this, uh, some non um well, well we can we can take the differences what i say that is i don't say that's motivation that's com competition for top-notch talent mm -hmm. because it has become the norm if you really are talented and you're from the right pedigree you got a harvard mba or stanford mba or you know masters in engineering there's only so many of those people around who are willing to live in silicon valley and pay the price and of course they tend to be type A, they, they're ambitious, they want a, a big deal. Well, you're gonna to talk to Google, you're gonna to talk to Facebook, you're gonna yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. You know, to talk to all those people. It's, I say it's a hiring and retention thing, and so they all copycat. The first one to do it, I knew the, uh, they called them um, VP concierge. They invented the concierge program at Apple. And by today's standards, it was primitive. But at the time it was, they would change the oil on your car while you're at work, they'd do your, they'd, pick up you know you brought your dry cleaning with you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like you can, that was crazy unheard of mm. and it was revolutionary at the time and then everybody just one upped it i say that's not motivation i say that's competition for talent because then you take old i'll call them old line firms ibm's a great one they're still in the valley nobody at ibm gets that service nobody because <laughs> they just say if that's what you want this isn't the place for you too bad <laughs> so they don't they don't try to compete um, it's not, I don't think it's a motivation thing. IBM can't attract, nobody who goes, to, has an option to go to Google is looking at IBM. Nobody in their right mind is because yeah. they're, they're on different planets as in terms of the challenge and the appeal. So IBM just doesn't play. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So let's talk about this again. You're a transformational business coach and you talk yes. about genius. So can you dive into some examples of how you've helped your clients find their genius or some of the talents that they have. Yeah. So that's a great, a great 
topic. Um, we have a trademarked process for uh, calling forth or evoking really means gently calling forth, but we pull it out of people. So there's, there's a million CEOs and really there's a million different ways to succeed as a CEO. And the mistake a lot of people do is they have a, I'll call it a Harvard Business Review type of idea of what a CEO should be. You should be charismatic. You should be bold. You should be a great decision maker. You should be a delegator. All that's great. But what if that's not you? What if you're empathetic? Wow, and what do you do? Does it mean you can't be a CEO? So we I mean there's a lot of yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we tease that very, very specific genius talent. And the name of the book is One in a Billion. I fought with the publisher because what I wanted to call it was one in seven point eight billion, because literally we think it's in your DNA. And they said the problem with that is when the population's now eight billion, what do you do? Change the title? And I said, yeah. No, I get it. So so we went with that title, which is a great title and a, and a cool cover and all that stuff. But we, we've done it with just under 10,000 people and not one of the genius talents is anything close to the others because it's, it's that unique. Because you tell me what it is. I don't tell you. I have a frame that pulls it out of you. So. Yeah, well, you have to give me an example because frankly, right sure. now, you're just being kind of general. So, I mean, if you're such sure. a, you know. I'll, I'll, use, you know. I'll use my own because I can share my own at my leisure. My genius talent. Now, so... A uh, little backdrop. I get, I've done all the assessment tests and I love them because they're eerily accurate and you get them in 20 minutes. You get the results in 20 minutes. I'm always ranked as a change maker or as a maximizer or as bold or great. Perfect. Those are all accurate. What my genius talent is, is creating seemingly impossible outcomes that address multiple and divergent agendas. So with that, that's, and that's just the talent. There's a whole process for it, which I won't go into. But with that, I've done a, two hostage negotiations with the FBI where they couldn't get the person out. They were both connected to me. So I just waited for them to fail and then went behind their backs and got both of them out. And they were pissed, but they couldn't get, after seven, the first one was my goddaughter. And after 17 days, they could not get her out. And I knew how to the first day, but they said, if you interrupt, we will put you in a federal prison. Oh, so I finally just said, what a, you know what? After 17 days, I was so frustrated. I thought, if I get her out, what are they going to do? Arrest me? No, they're not going to arrest me. They're going to say, what do we do with this guy? Um, so I did. I, after 17 days, I finally, they were having a donut break or whatever. And I finally said, I'm going in and I'll, I'll get her out. And I did. No violence, no guns, no money. But everyone with a divergent agenda got exactly what they wanted. So there's six or seven very, very distinct agendas. I also talked my way into university. I didn't apply and I wasn't accepted. It was a top 20 university. And I graduated in four years with a full ride and I didn't go on an athletic or an academic scholarship. I just said, why can't I take the spot of somebody who didn't show up on registration day? And they had never heard of that. They said, well, you can't do that. That's not allowed. I, I, I know it's not allowed, but why not? And four days later, I was in the incoming class and people said, well, you can't do that. Yeah, well, I, I, evidently I can because I was, and I was 19. I didn't know anything about genius talent. That was part of the reasoning why we think it's in your DNA. Because I was doing this as a little, when I go back now, I was doing this all through my childhood. I was doing stuff that you couldn't do, couldn't in quotes. And, I, and I'm only good when, you, when it's like that. I'm not very good at following a procedure. So that said, John, how can we stay in touch with you and our listeners can learn more about you? Um, 
so I'm, I'm blessed with a, a fairly controversial and well-known last name. So, so I Google really, really well because no one else wants the SEO. So, so uh, my last name is Hitler and I'll spell it for you. It's J-O-H-N. Uh, so that, that helps clarify. But uh, yeah, if you, if you Google it, rather than giving you all the URLs, nobody ever forgets the last name. Just Google it. And, and right. I have the first 50 SEO spots. Um, Great. And I don't do anything with SEO. It's just nobody else wants it. So. Great. Well, John, thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Christopher, thank you for hosting.